Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. On March 14th of this year, the New York Times' Alice Callahan did an extraordinary story, and it featured and was really about our next guest, Dr. Marlena Faiso, who is a research advisor and started a foundation called HER, the HER Foundation, a global voice for HG awareness and support and research. HG stands for um, a specific thing called hyper emesis, hyperemesis, hyperemesis, gravidarum. And this has become her life's work. Dr. Fajor joins us right now. She is an OBGYN, and she's devoted her life to finding out why some women vomit so much during their pregnancy and are afflicted by such terrible nausea that it truly makes them not able to function. Dr. Fajor, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was so impressed with you and your life's work. Uh, let's just begin with, are we going to call this thing HG? What are we going to call it? Yeah, let's call it HG. It's easier okay. than saying the whole Because otherwise it's really hard to say. And yeah. uh, this is a disease that you had, right? Yes, I had it in two pregnancies. And what is it? So it's not morning sickness, but really most women experience some nausea and vomiting of pregnancy, and it's really a spectrum. So at the very severe end of the clinical spectrum is where HG falls. It's really when you have that debilitating nausea and vomiting that, you know, you can't do your daily routine. You can't go to work. It's not that you don't want to. It's that you physically cannot do, you know, participate in your daily activities because you are so sick. Well, nausea is debilitating. When I was pregnant both times, the beauty of the nausea for me was that it was relatively short-lived. It would come on. As soon as I had a cracker, I would feel better, even if sometimes I threw up the cracker. But I knew that I could manage it, and then I could function again. What happens in HG when you take the cracker? What happens? Nothing? Yeah, no, nothing like that helps. In fact, people with HG say, oh, I got crackered. (laughs) It's kind of a... Uh, you know, people just say throw a cracker at it, and it, that does not help. So people with HG generally need medication. They need IV fluids because they're getting di- dehydrated. It's persistent extreme nausea and vomiting. 
when I the first I ever heard about this was actually Princess Kate. Uh, because she was hospitalized with this disease, wasn't she? At least in her first pregnancy, if not more. Yes, yes. So she had it. Amy Schumer had it as well, and has a documentary showing her, you know, struggling in the hospital. And yeah, it 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 is. It can be a form of starvation in pregnancy, prolonged starvation. Some Does people it- have it all nine months. Yeah, I was going to say. And so you're you as the mother, you're. You're, you can't function, but is the baby able to grow? So it is associated with adverse maternal and child outcomes. So babies are at a higher risk of being low birth weight, small for gestational age, uh, for having pre, you know, being born preterm. Uh, there's a 3.6-fold increased risk of emotional and behavioral disorders in the child. There's a 53% increased risk of autism spectrum disorder um, and neurodevelopmental delay. There was one study that showed significantly smaller brain sizes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily good for the baby if it's left untreated or if you're not responding to medications and you can't get the vitamins you need. One of the things, Dr. Fajo, that so impressed me, and I, and I credit the journalist with writing the article as well as you, is your story. You went down to 90 pounds, and even though you were a respected doctor, even though you are a respected doctor, you were not really given respect for this condition. And most OBGYNs don't really respect it very much. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so I'm actually a scientist, not an uh, OBGYN medical doctor. Uh, but it's, you know, I still should get respect, as should everybody. So, uh, these- Well, it says you're a faculty researcher in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at USC. So what does that mean? Uh, yeah, so I'm a researcher in that department. I, I, I'm a scientist. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that doesn't mean I still don't deserve respect. And no, we of do course. Have an of course. OB on the board of the Her Foundation. Um, we actually have two OBs that had HG that felt the same way. Um, yeah. So my doctor uh, told me it was, you know, because I wanted attention from my husband and my parents and uh, what. That's not uncommon at all. In fact, there was. Wait, wait, a- wait, wait, wait. Your OB told you when you were complaining of just serial vomiting and the nausea that doesn't go away that you wanted attention? You're kidding me. No, yeah, that's not uncommon. And in fact, it's taught at medical school. So we have a, a medical student that just a few years ago, uh, she she's a medical student that uh, sent us a videotape of her medical OBGYN professor teaching the medical students that people with HG who are hospitalized, they just don't want to get better, that usually there's something going on at home and that they want to be hospitalized. So, yeah, there is this persistent problem that doctors are treated uh, sorry, sorry, are taught that it's all in a in a woman's head, and um, they're one of the biological uh, arguments for that is that they say that animals don't get nausea and vomiting, but that's actually not true. Uh, animals 
do have nausea and vomiting just like humans do. There are reports of monkeys and of dogs and cats not eating at the same time that humans get nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. Uh, many animals do not eat early in their pregnancy, and it's likely due to the same same genetic factors. We're chatting with Dr. Marlena Fejo, who is a researcher and is credited, and I want to make sure that I'm saying this correctly, <laughs> but it looks like you're credited with discovering genes that were related to this nausea and vomiting in HG. Is that right? Yes. Yes. How did you so, discover how did you discover that there were specific genes related to this condition? So I partnered with the uh, the Hyperemesis Education and Research Foundation and uh, we collected saliva samples from thousands of pregnant people and we also uh, I also partnered with the personal genetics company 23andMe and they have surveys and they allow their customers to opt in as research participants and answer surveys. And so I did two separate studies. One was with 23andMe where they scanned over 15 million variants in over 50,000 people that did not have HG and compared the genes to 1,300 people with HG. And with that, we were able to find the very statistically significantly different genetic variants that are associated with HG, which uh, the top one was this gene called GDF15, which codes for this hormone called GDF15, which uh, is a hormone that is expressed at very high levels by the placenta early in pregnancy, uh, very early, or even you know as early as the eight cell stage. And that hormone causes nausea and vomiting. So for some reason, there's a gene that's a hormonal gene that triggers this nausea and vomiting that appears in some of these women. Is there, since it's 23andMe, is there any, um, are there any other genetic links among the women that have this gene? In other words, are they from a certain place in the world? Are they a certain ethnicity, race? Are there, any, are there anything that links the women to each other? Uh, yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, there, we are now doing a multi-ethnic, it's called a multi-ethnic meta-GWAS, which is going to be looking at genes from different ancestries. And so hopefully we will be able to know more about that. But so far, it looks like it's going to be generalizable in that it's going to be likely the same gene involved. It could be different variants in that gene, but it looks like the same gene is involved in all these different populations. And, and it's just uh, a random gene that just pops up, huh? It's just a random gene? No, I mean, everybody has this gene. It actually has another role uh, in when you're not pregnant. It is a gene that when any of your cells are under distress, so when you're sick or when you have an infection, 
uh, or any other type of disorder uh, where your cells are going to be under stress, the gene gets expressed. And I believe that it's evolved this way so that if you're under some kind of distress or you're too sick to, to be able to safely go out and look for food, um, you know, this has evolved back in the time when we were more like the rest of the animals where we had to hunt and it, it put our lives in danger if we did that in a weakened state. So this, this gene, I think, gets turned on at a time when you need to not go look for food. So it makes you not hungry at the lower levels. And then uh, at the, when you have too much of it, it just makes you have nausea and vomiting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're chatting with uh, Dr. Marlena Fejo, who is a world-renowned researcher in this particular disease called HG, which is something that she was afflicted with which is this terrible state of constant and chronic nausea. You know, Dr. Fajo, it's very funny that I have you on the air today with me, although one could argue there are no coincidences. Um, <laughs> although as a geneticist, you probably find coincidences all the time. But anyway, um, because I've been, I experimented, everything in life is an experiment, I guess, and I wanted to lose a little bit of weight, so I put myself on Ozempic. I mean, with a doctor's okay, not by myself. And I have this thing called polycystic ovarian syndrome with insulin resistance, so I've been, I, I've had trouble for my whole life losing what I want to say are my last 10 pounds. It's just, you know, that's what it is. And um, anyway... So I put myself on this because everyone else in my family has been on it, and they've all done very well with their various issues. And I'm sick as a dog, <laughs> Dr. Fajo. I can't function. I just had to take an anti-nausea before we went on the air. Uh, I am so in empathy right now and in sympathy with these women, and I have forgotten what it was like to feel like this. You can't function when you're feeling nauseous. You just you can't function. I can't function. I, I couldn't move off the bed. Right, right, yeah, and that's yeah. basically how these yeah. women And are. so I don't recommend, personally, for me, I will not be taking <laughs> any more Ozempic. I will not be doing that again. It's not worth it. I took a healthy body, and I put my health at risk, I think, because I wanted, yeah. I wanted to lose the weight, um, but not at the cost of feeling so ill. I just think I made a mistake. It was stupid, you know. Yeah, you know. I mean... 
people have different sensitivities to that. Well, they do. And the rest of the world is doing very well on the drug and people are losing a ton of weight and they're very happy. And I can say that everyone else in my family is delighted. But for me, it hasn't worked out so well. Uh, (laughs) Did, Did you have nausea and vomiting in pregnancy that was extreme or... Not extreme, very much in the first trimester, and just like they would say, it wasn't in the morning. It was, it was you know, mid-morning or mid-afternoon or whatever the heck it was. Um, but I'll tell you what I did have and do have. I am triggered by smell. And so the nausea would very often be triggered by pollution or... For example, I would come out from Grand Central Station and go right out into the city, and I would want to mm-hmm. heave right away because I could smell yeah. the city. And I, I wonder if there's any relationship between the strong smell sensitivity and nausea. Is there? Could there be? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, most people with HG have a very heightened sense of smell. They have to make their husband sleep in a different room because they just smell so bad during, right. you know, during that time. Right. Uh, I had that. I had that. I, I have a two-story regular old colonial house, and my yeah. bedroom is, let's say, let's say my bedroom's all the way on the left down the hall, and the kitchen is in the bottom story all the way on the right. I could smell with the doors closed when the refrigerator was open from my bedroom. And yeah. I would shout down, close the refrigerator, <laughs> because that would make me want to eat. So maybe I have a little bit of this gene, but not enough to have been completely dysfunctional. After my first trimester, I was okay. It, like a yeah. switch. It went off. It yeah. was okay. Yeah. I, I feel bad for you, all these people that have this. How many, by the way, what was really interesting in the article was that you think it's because doctors dismiss it so much, it's very undiagnosed in terms of understanding and assessing how many women have this. Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on how you define it as well, because it is a spectrum. So it's hard to know how many people actually have it, but uh, it can be from point two, which is probably way more than that, to over 10% of people, depending on how, really depending on how you define it. One of the things I saw in this article is this, and tell me how much you know this to be true, doctor. It says, to this day, patients hospitalized with this condition are sometimes isolated in a dark room and prohibited from having visitors or access to their cell phones. What is that about? Yeah, so way back in the early 1900s in France, they started doing that, and they still do it in some hospitals. They finally put out guidelines specifically saying don't do this, but it was that same thinking that it was all in a person's, in a woman's head, and so they they told women that they had to go in this dark room by themselves. They had to clean up their own vomit, and their evidence that this was all in a woman's head was that the women would then say that they wanted an abortion. And so they took that to mean that they had always wanted abortion and not realizing that this was so much torture for the women that that's why they wanted to terminate their pregnancies um, because of this treatment and not uh, because that they originally wanted that and that they were forcing themselves to vomit because they didn't want their baby in the first place. So just a very misogynistic, nonsensical uh, way to treat people with HD. 
Doctor, right now, if you're a woman, if, if someone listening knows a woman who is having very bad <clears throat> morning sickness, vomiting, whatever we want to call it, and they might suspect that they need more treatment than a cracker, what would you suggest that they do? Yeah, so speak to your doctor, get hydrated if you're getting dehydrated. One thing I always tell people that many doctors don't even know about is that people with HG are at high risk of or higher risk of getting uh, vitamin B1 or thiamine deficiency. And so there is this very rare but very severe complication from HG called Wernicke's encephalopathy, which is actually a swelling of the brain. And it's very treatable very cheaply with vitamin B1. And so anybody with HG, if they're not tolerating their vitamins, they at least need that vitamin. So to, to tell your doctor that you need that, um, take medication. Um, often the risk of uh, taking a medication to the baby is way less than the risk of not having vitamins and starving in your pregnancy. Of course. And a uh, mother who's so unhappy. Are you kidding? That's not good either. Think about the stress yeah. hormones that the mom is emitting to the baby because she can't help it because she's so miserable. Yeah. And women with HG are at increased risk of post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a top predictor of postpartum depression. So, you know, don't put yourself through that. Um, but also I tell women that they, they need to get an advocate um, because they're often too sick to speak up for themselves. So have someone go with you to your doctor visits, call your doctor for you, and explain to them how sick you are so um, that they, you know, and if your doctor is doing something that you don't like, switch doctors or make sure that your advocate speaks up for you and says, no, this, you know, this person is really sick. They have not been able to eat all day. Uh, they vomited 12 times this morning, things like that. Um, and then also I strongly recommend um, going to the Her Foundation website. Um, it's at hyperemesis.org, and there are lots of important facts on there for doctors, for patients, for family members. Uh, and so I, I definitely recommend going to that site. We've, we've been working on this for over 20 years, and, and it's really an excellent resource. Uh, it has tools that doctors can use to measure the level of hyperemesis and whether you're improving or not with the medication so they know whether to change it or not. It's, that's called the HELP score. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of important uh, helpful tools there. We're chatting with Dr. Marlena Fejo, and uh, we're talking about this HG thing. I just would like to also say that you have published papers on the genetic studies of ovarian cancer, breast cancer, multiple sclerosis, and you discovered the first gene involved in uterine fibroids. That's a pretty common thing that women have, too. I didn't know there was a gene associated with it. I just figured that, you know, most of us develop a little bit of that I mean, most, it seems like most women I know at some point in their life are going to develop some kind of a mass in their uterus. Maybe not all, but a lot will. I didn't know there was a gene associated with that either. Yeah, so it's very common. In that case, it was a little bit different of a study, but basically in the tumor itself, there is a gene that gets broken. It's called a translocation, and it gets broken uh, in, in some of those tumors, and that's 
basically what causes those tumors. And it's it's a a gene that is associated with growth in general. And so when it gets abnormally broken and part of it gets turned on, it causes these cells to grow that shouldn't be growing. Dr. Fajo, I got to ask you something, big picture. We've been talking uh, a little bit in an important way about HG, but it's a a larger conversation about misogyny, about distrust, about who has control over a woman's body, even if the woman is presenting her body to somebody else, else to have it help being taken care of during pregnancy. And the issue of women's health couldn't be more front-page news right now. It really is front-page news mm-hmm. with, yeah. you know, one judge in Washington saying one thing about the FDA and another one in Texas saying something else. You know, as a prominent researcher in the field, as somebody who is advocating for women's health on this issue, do you have anything that you want to say about mifeprestone, about reproductive health, about any of these issues? Well, I'm not an expert on those, but I truly believe that a woman should have control over their body and what they want to put into it and what they don't want to put into it. And yeah, so I say everybody who believes in that as well needs to do their best to do whatever they can right now to stop the way our country is going because it's not okay. We're going backwards and, you know. It's just not okay. I mean, you're a researcher, and if you were ever doing a clinical trial of a drug that needed to go in front of the FDA, you know, right now there is the very real specter that a judge may tell the FDA what to do. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, 400 uh, different people have written, written letters. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's got to be shaking the core. It's got to be the water cooler talk where you are right now. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's no business for for judges getting involved in what we are allowed to treat ourselves with. It's just, it's it's absurd. I mean. Dr. Marlena Fajo, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for your research and your compelling story. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. We'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 